0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with the man behind the Charlotte Ledger, a.k.a. World Headquarters in Cotswold is what we hear, which is pretty exciting. But uh, we are here with uh, Tony Messia. Now, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Charlotte Ledger. You know, it's probably more than fair to say that traditional media, you know, really like the kind, kind that our parents used to know is the thing of the past, right? Newspaper subscriptions have dwindled over the years to TV news you know, it's really a shell of what it was when it was in his prime. Um, and really, like, let's think about like car makers. You might not even have an AM band on the radio anymore. Right. So things have changed and they're changing fast. And really, your Facebook news feed is not actual news, people. So sorry to, uh, to break that. Um, and honestly, everybody thinks they're a journalist now with the way that they post. But really, what's left out of the news is arguably... You know, the entertainment at best loaded with pop-up ads. So really, where do you turn if you want to know what's going on? And we have a great answer to that. Now, one local journalist uh, really decided to answer that question with a question. Would people be willing to subscribe to a newsletter that was just about local news? And Tony is the executive editor of the Charlotte Ledger. Uh, he's our guest today to talk more about that and really learn how they've continued to grow from that newsletter. Uh, we've been blessed to to, to have some articles about the Dunstan group on there. They just recently started a podcast. And if you haven't heard of the Charlotte Ledger, you're going to learn more, but definitely go and check them out. Uh, It's a great place for news. You guys do an amazing job. of What I think is great is, is not only focusing on the bad, but telling the good stories of our community, right? It's kind of why we even started this podcast is there's a voice that nobody talks about Because the news is just negative and hate and crime and look what this person didn't do. And When we have millions of amazing stories and amazing entrepreneurs and amazing nonprofits and amazing people that make Charlotte such a great place to live, if you watch 30 minutes of the news, you would probably ask yourself, why the hell do I live here if it's this bad? But the reality is it's not. Now, look, you got to focus on the bad. you got to focus on the good. But I think you guys focus on it fairly, and you bring the stories to light. And that's what I'm really excited to uh, to learn about. So that might be the longest intro I've ever had, Tony. But welcome (laughs) to this episode of the (laughs) award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you, Brand. Yeah,
1: Tony. Welcome, man. Uh, Excited to have you here and learn more. Uh, I guess the first question should be, are people willing to subscribe and pay for local news, uh, a.k.a. the Charlotte Ledger? The answer that we're finding is yes. I
2: mean, it's not the way. It's not like the newspapers of old, okay? Where they back in the day, Charlotte Observer had two hundred fifty thousand subscribers. Okay, we don't have anywhere. We have about one percent of that. Okay, but the way things are now, it's amazing. That, you know, with the advances in technology and things getting less expensive and distribution channels, getting you know, we're not. Paying people to throw newspapers on people's driveways, either, or we're, we're not right. running printing presses either. We're a digital publication. So yes, you have people who are still willing to pay um, for local news for what we believe is high quality, um, responsible local news. Um, you know, it's not a mass, it's not a mass audience. It's not for everybody. But the economics of it now have changed so much that you can actually have a a good business um, doing what we're doing, which is largely a subscription based newsletter.
1: It's great to hear and I I know I'm a subscriber, I think. Is it 9.99? Low low prices, $9 yeah. a
2: month, $99 a year.
1: Yeah. I mean, so it's super affordable and always straightforward as you mentioned, Brian. What is the core of of your news and and who is your audience? Well,
2: we start we started out and when I say we was, I started it in 2019. My background is in business journalism. My initial thinking was um there's a whole audience out here that's not really being served very well local media had gotten a lot weaker there was less coverage there were fewer reporters on the streets but i knew business journalism i knew how to write articles talk to people figure things out tell people what's going on i thought okay well i could you know i could do that um so we started really in business on business side we've since sort of expanded and we've become a little more general but we we try to orient what we do toward people who are engaged and interested in their community, who want to know what's going on without, you know, political tribalism or, you know, unnatural sort of, um, you know, story clickbait or, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know. I think like what Brian was saying. You know, we don't need to do the, you know, oh, there's a you know, horrible car wreck or a murder or – we don't need to do that in order to get clicks. We're serving our readers who want responsible, you know, information about what's going on and they want some insights from people who, um, you know, who have been in the community for a while who kind of know, you know, uh, the lay of the land. So that's, that's sort of who our audience is, tends to um, probably skew – a little older, you know, uh, 40s, 50s, and, and beyond. Um, and, you know, it's, it tends to be professionals, people who are engaged in the community. We have a lot of business people, a lot of nonprofit leaders, a lot of, you know, city council members, you know, political
0: people. I mean, we have all kinds of folks, but, I mean, that, that would tend to be the core. So let's um, let's kind of go back in time, talk a little bit more about, about you and how you got here. Um, you are a grad, a unique grad from both Duke and North Carolina. Uh, which is awesome. But you were with The Observer for over eight years. Tell us about kind of your journey uh, into journalism. Uh, what made you you know, kind of want to go that route? And then tell us about your experience at the Charlotte Observer, what you learned from there and how you've really utilize that experience to, to develop and, and really launch what you're doing now. So the Life Store. You're basically want, in the Life Store. Give me your bio. Can you give me your bio, please? Let's start from the bottom.
2: <laughs> no, I got into journalism in the late uh, 90s. I graduated uh, from Duke in 1994. I uh, got a Master's in Journalism at uh, UNC Chapel Hill. So yes, there's a little bit of conflict there in basketball season, I suppose. I kind of root for Duke. Um, but after leaving Chapel Hill, um, was hired on at the Charlotte Observer out in Gaston County covering the Gastonia City Council. And the thing I really liked about journalism was it was a way to sort of indulge my curiosity on things. And I think if you're curious and you like knowing what's going on in the world and you like talking to people and learning things, it's a great career. There are other parts of being a journalist that are not a great career. But that's the, that's what I really enjoyed. Um, so that's sort of how I got into it. We covered the Gastonia City Council for three years. Um, moved into the main Observer newsroom, was a business reporter, covering a variety of different industries, airlines, manufacturing, um, the economy, uh, became a deputy business editor, and then left the Observer in 2009. Um, and, you know, the media industry has just changed so much, you know, in the last 10, 15 years plus. Um, it's a much different ballgame now. I think one of you alluded to it earlier, you know, with social media and so many different channels to reach people i mean it's really you know the era of having a dominant one dominant source of information in a market is really evaporated now everybody has a voice you know which some things about that are great and some things are not great <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> putting it. and so we're you know, cons. we're trying to kind of navigate through that and say listen we we want to be a trusted voice um you know we want to do things in a in a responsible way and we're still able to sort of indulge our curiosity about, hey, what's going on? Or you drive by something, and you say, oh, there's a building going up there. I wonder, wonder what that is. And you, it, In journalism, you have a license to actually call somebody up and say, what are you doing? What are you building? What's what's happening over there? And they don't have to answer you, but you can at least ask the question. So it, that's what I enjoy about it.
1: it. It seems like there's a huge opportunity there. And I, I say that because myself and a lot of other folks that I communicate with are just kind of sick and tired of the narratives of the big media companies, right? And there seems to be a little bit of a shift going on there as well uh, with Twitter and Elon and all the things and, you know, Tucker Carlson fired and moving over there, whatever. To your point, everybody has a voice now uh, with social media. How do you feel about all that and the narratives that are out there, especially in the political world? Um it, it seems that you've moved away from that and created something that's more streamlined and, and targeted. But uh, I'm just curious of of a journalist opinion of that. And and if you don't want to speak on it, that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about it. I mean,
2: I think the way media is now, you can't try to be all things to all people. We're not a mass market publication. We're not going to tell you who won the Hornets game last night. And you know, we're not. Go- there are things that we just don't really follow. We we're going to focus in on a select number of things, all local, and we steer intentionally steer away from national political debates. If you're interested in Donald Trump versus DeSantis yeah, and yeah. the primary, and is Biden too old, and let's see his latest gaffe. Like, there's plenty of places you can go. You don't need to come to us for that. We're trying to do something that you can't get anywhere else. And that actually, there's while Charlotte is a competitive media market, there are still enough things going on in Charlotte that you can cover things that nobody else is covering. And there's people who want to read about it and want to know what's going on. So that's really sort of – that's the way I look at that. That's the way we look at that at the Charlotte Ledger is that there's still plenty out there to do. But the, some of these areas that are really crowded like national politics or cryptocurrency or – you know, there are all these national sorts of things where there's plenty – where we're really hurting is in the local, you know, there's not, while there are a lot of things to write about, and there is a lot going on in the city, you know, of, of Charlotte, you know, 850, 900,000 people, um, there's not a lot of media coverage of all the stuff that's going on. I mean, I'm sure you all know of things that are going on and be like, hey, that'd be a great story. And they just don't get written. They don't get covered. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to tell some of those stories and, and get some of that information. It's very refreshing. Thank you. <laughs> I we, enjoy it. Yeah, and
0: you guys have done an amazing job. And if you go on their website um, on charlotteledger.substack.com, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. you can get there. You can get the, on,
2: the CharlotteLedger.com Charlotte okay. will take you there. But yes, we're sub, uh, and, on Substack.
0: And you can just see why you should subscribe. One of the things that I love, I'm, I'm a big soccer guy. I played in college. The second we got Charlotte FC, bought season tickets. And it was kind of interesting. I'm kind of looking at myself like I, I've been a sports fan my whole life, right? But I have teams that I've been a fan of my whole life. And I was like, how is it going to be being a Charlotte FC fan? Like, am I going to fall in love with this? Is it going to be something that I really like? And luckily, my son is obsessed with it, and we love it, right? Mm -hmm. It's been the coolest experience. I love taking him to games. But you guys write an article every week called Football Friday, and you focus only on Charlotte FC. And it's so cool to have that type of an outlet. Look, you can go to the team. You can go on Twitter. You can read all these different things. There's a lot of journalists that cover it. But it's so refreshing to just kind of get an email on a Friday. And I'm like up to date on what's going on with the team, where you know all of it. And it's... It's just, it's easily digestible is the best way I can put it, where I don't have to look at anything Charlotte FC. I can only read your article and I feel like I know exactly what's going on, right? Like I'm not going to be surprised when I show up on Saturday to the game and realize why is this person not on the field or what's this person going through? You guys just do an amazing job of making it very easy to digest, understand. And honestly, I could walk away after reading that article and have a conversation with anybody and feel like I just did 10 hours of research on what's going on with Charlotte FC this week. And I don't got 10 hours to be looking up Charlotte FC stuff. Right, Scott? Well, well we do. Yeah. We I mean, do have someone <laughs> on the weekends.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we do have someone who works 10 hours, more than exactly. 10 hours you probably, do. who does that for you. And that's actually, that's the idea, is that we can go out and we can give you, you know, that the, the media environment is such that, yes, you could you spend all day on Twitter and see, okay, this guy hurt his leg and practice and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, there's a... But we'll try to condense all that, in in this case, in our Football Friday newsletter, and put it all out there for you, for people like you that say, okay, I, I just want a one-stop shop. I want it delivered to me. I don't want to have to go looking for it in a whole bunch of different places, and that's exactly what we're trying to do.
0: So I'll tell you a quick personal story. Back in March of 2022— Uh, My son was um, invited to go to a practice with Charlotte FC, and we thought it was going to be like a 15-minute practice, like cool, whatever. We were there for four hours. They had the social media teams out there taking all these pictures. The players were unbelievable. Swiderski stayed 20 minutes after the practice with my son. I have a picture over there I'll show you. Some of the coolest things ever. And then we were sent all these pictures and videos. Like unbelievable. Well, what we didn't know is Charlotte FC was going to make a post about it. And they did. And then Carol Walton reached out to me direct and said, can I get some comments on your day with Charlotte FC? And I'm like, yeah. And then you guys wrote an article about us and my son and the football Friday article was about Graham, right? And it was the coolest thing ever. And all those pictures. And it like took off, at least on our social media, we were sharing it. Hopefully you guys got some more subscribers from it. I don't know. Graham's pretty (laughs) cute, but Carol does an amazing job of following that. And just the love of her reaching out to me and being like, this is a really cool story. We want to share it because I think it'll, it'll be neat. And you know, like my kid's not battling anything crazy. It's not like some, emo- but it's just a kid that enjoys it. And she wrote an article about it. So I don't know, personal, personal experience, but you guys do a really good job of, of finding stories that nobody else is going to talk about, right? The shuttleobservers.com, you like, how was the practice with your son? <laughs>
2: like, yeah, I mean, that's what we're, tra- that's, for,
0: that's what we're trying to
2: do. We're yeah. trying to give, you know, make something that people want to read and it doesn't all have to be doom and gloom and click on this for more and that kind of thing. That's like, look. In that case, it's a nice story with some nice photos and people are interested in that, I think. And and Carol does a great job. She's a former sports writer. She used to cover the Braves for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Love it. I mean, she we try to work with experienced people who know what they're doing. Um, and she's certainly one of them. I'm happy to work with she's her. She's a Glad must follow
0: it. on Twitter too, if you are a Charlotte FC fan. Like during the game, she's all on it. I don't know how she does it. Cause I got two kids too. I'm like, I, how do you tweet like during every single game? Like, she's so got a knows, bunch of young kids. She's she, got some yeah, mensons. she's on it. <laughs> yeah. She is on it.
1: Um, well, so uh, yeah, go ahead, Scott. Uh, well, you've been publishing for about four years now. I'm curious what kind of content your readers dial in on most. Uh, I'm sure you have data supporting that. Um, is there a certain sector that you find that hey, man, this is people just love this
2: it's a little bit hard to know because uh, although we do live in an era where there's a lot of statistics um, we don't always know we don't we we know when someone signs up to one of our newsletters we know their email address that's really all we know about them um, when we send out a newsletter say like the Charlotte FC one um, and we have a you know a bunch of different, Stories in there. We don't know that whether people are really engaging with the story about Brian's son, or whether they're engaging the story about okay, we signed a new Polish striker or something like that. We don't really know Another because one? they read it all. That'd be amazing, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Because we don't know exactly because it doesn't require them to click. Basically, uh, they can. It's yeah. all self-contained. So we we yeah. know really it's more anecdotal than um, you know than um, you know then we have statistics to support this, but we we have a sense. You know, certainly. I mean, I can tell you if we were looking for people to click on things, we'd be writing about food and celebrities and uh, you know, real estate sales and things like that. Um, Not to say we never write about those things, but that's not really our focus. We do, uh, we do tend to because we started as a business publication. We do have a lot of people very interested in real estate. I know we have a lot of realtors that read us, a lot of people in the commercial real estate industry. I know people are are very interested in those. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we kind of joke like we cover. Rezonings, pretty closely. I would say more closely than anybody in Charlotte. And you, your eyes might start to glaze over when you say, "Why are they covering rezonings?" But if you live next to a place that's going to turn you into an apartment complex, you are going to be very engaged. So, For you sure. know, those stories. I think um, I know just anecdotally, people tend to um, be interested in those. We also have another category that we kind of joke about. Um, so there's the real estate, and then there's the rich people fighting. That's always sort of a good, <laughs> a good one. We had a no, few a good, different ones where you know, there was category. like a lawsuit out at Quail Hollow between a couple of well-known mm-hmm. um you know CEOs, um, political figures. You know we've had it's covered things that you know some of the country clubs where there have been disputes. And uh, this is not a bread and butter. We're not starting the country club fighting newsletter. You know, but it, it is interesting. It's a news. portion we do get. We yeah. do get feedback on that. I mean things that resonate with people. I did a piece on um, you know the drive-through line at Chick-fil-A and what can be done at it. Boom. You know we got a ton of response on that. So we try to find things that resonate with people in some way or another. It's not. It's not all rich people fighting or commercial real (laughs) estate, Um, you know, but I just can tell you what we hear and what we get a lot of feedback on. But we hear a lot of general, uh, like sort of what you all are saying, I I love what you're doing. I love the approach. Um, You know, we, we hear a lot of that generally, and it's not just give me more lawsuits between country club members. Yeah.
0: You know, one thing that we we talk about this on our podcast all the time is is it's been amazing for me and Scott to have conversations with so many people that are different than us. Right. But at the same time, we want to be a voice for people in Charlotte. I think a lot of people and I would just like to get your opinion on this from an overall landscape and we'll use politics as a great example. A lot of people focus on who the president's going to be and focus on national politics and completely forget about their neighborhood, their community, their school board. Who's in their? You know, who who are their next door neighbor? How can you support people? They just want to look at this overall bubble of the United States of America and bitch and complain about things that really you can't even fix or change. But you're not focusing on the things you can control. So with you writing articles local to this, I just feel like it's so refreshing because I can go in here and read an article about an organization or a nonprofit or whatever and actually do something about it, you know, because I'm in that in that world. And so I don't know, we try to approach it as like, you know, with my next door neighbor, we, we had a guy on the podcast and he said this, he goes, we're, we used to be a front porch society and now we're a back porch society, right? And what he mean by that is when you come home, you pull into your garage, you shut the garage, nobody has conversations. It's like maybe go introduce yourself to your neighbor. You know, maybe there's something that you can do to help them, but everybody wants to focus on the national stuff. And I think that's how the news has gone the same thing. I mean, you watch the national news, you would think we live in a third world country. It's the worst place in the world. When in reality, we live in the greatest country in the world that gives you the most opportunity. I don't care who you are, right? If it wasn't, we wouldn't have people coming here by the hundreds of thousands every day. If we were that bad, nobody would be coming here. Newsflash. Like that's the reality, right? But people want to talk about The negative, so I guess what I'm trying to get out of there is, do you think people are so focused on things they can't control, and whereas you guys are writing articles on a local level, that impacts us, that truly impacts your day-to-day, your community, the people, and is that something that kind of drives you to make sure that you are producing that type of content? I know that's a lot of info. No, I would just (laughs) say I completely agree with you,
2: 100% agree with that analysis. It can be very dispiriting to follow national politics or things that are going on in the world or... um, because, well, like you said, you don't really, as an individual, what can you really do on that? But th- there is an opportunity in Charlotte and in wherever people are listening in people's local communities to really get involved. It's a really it sounds kind of cliche, but make a difference. Like there, there are huge needs in Charlotte. There are ways to address them in Charlotte that maybe you can't on, on things you know across the country or in Washington D.C. So we definitely try to steer our coverage towards things that are relevant toward people and giving them information to help them live their best lives. And, you know, I mean, things you wouldn't even necessarily think about. Like, there there are people, for example, in Ballantyne, which is an area of Charlotte, in in South Charlotte, um, newer community, you know, been there 20, 25 years or so, um, that are very agitated about, you know, the Department of Transportation is talking about widening uh, Johnston Road, you know, busy, busy road. And there are people down there that are very engaged with, okay, if they widen it, they're not going to let them turn left out of their out of their neighborhood they're going to have to go take a right and then make a u-turn but something like that like we will cover that because that is something that is actually going to affect you if you can not being able to turn left out of your neighborhood for example people are very interested in that so it's like okay how do i get engaged on that issue and if you don't live down there you probably don't really care i do
0: i live off johnson road i'm <laughs> okay, very interested right, right. i about live this? i have not heard about it but i'm very intrigued here <laughs> see, we go So right so i, you, you I heard johnson about, road about, i'm like what <laughs> so if you you know if you want to read wanna about national politics yeah. you can do it but
2: stuff that's going to affect you like turning left out of your neighborhood I'm, that people I'm thinking are thinking about very engaged on right that. now so we're trying that's to cr- we're trying to do stuff that's relevant
1: to people is what we're trying to do and not that. just we're Hell covering of an politics example like you don't sport. even know where i live. and it's you're pretty just good, like right? check
0: this one out and i'm like what
1: <laughs> That's why I, I'm, I'm so excited about it, why I enjoy it and subscribe to it. It's actually the only newsletter I'm subscribed to. <laughs> um, I just don't have time to deal with it. And like you said earlier, focus on what you can control. But these these areas within Charlotte, uh, like you said, you might have some control there. You might have a voice. You might have some opportunity to make change. Um, changing a little bit, I'm curious about your change and and your – perspective on going from a journalist that worked for a big media conglomerate to an entrepreneur. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's been
2: really interesting. I know, you, I mean, you all talk to entrepreneurs all the time. It's just, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I'm sorry to to unpack them. But I mean, yes, my background is in journalism. Um, I'd covered business uh, businesses for a while, large business, small business, had seen a lot of entrepreneurs, and then you know we got to a point in Charlotte where I had been freelancing for a while, and I was sort of looking for a new job, something new to do. And I said, you know, it's gotten the journalism in Charlotte's gotten really weak. Could I start something up? And then started looking at it, and then realized, okay, there are technology, <clears throat> there are technological solutions, um, you know, that could make this pretty easy. I know the journalism side pretty well, very confident in my ability to do that the business side i had no experience <laughs> in okay but i'd interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs over the years and said well i think i could kind re- of do that i mean it's not, it's, not, <laughs> it's not really i mean a lot of it's not rocket science but it's it is you are learning new skills putting different skills to use and as we grow you know I, i'm i acknowledge my role as a you know i'm leading this operation i mean there are, there's all kinds of you know budgeting stuff you know accounting um you know managing sells, people or, right yeah. strategy marketing there's all these things that I didn't really have any background in so I'm trying to learn that I'm I'm learning those and trying to talk to people who know what they're talking about and learn from them I mean I you know just sort of soak it up and maybe maybe it's called ripping off what other people are doing but maybe it's called um, sort of taking what other people do and taking lessons and integrating them into what we're doing so that's a completely different part of it I actually really enjoy that part of it I just wish I had more hours in the day you know, right. to do a lot of it. So it, it has been fascinating, I've I really enjoyed that.
0: So you're a, your a father, your father, right? I am. How many kids do you have?
2: Three kids. How old are your kids? One just turned 22, one is 20, and then one is 17. So we got one just out of college, one in college, and one going to be a senior in high school.
0: So when they were in high school, or even now, do you guys, when you have dinner, are they like, all right, Dad, I got this story? <laughs> <laughs> we got to do this it's a good question has this happened we pick up story
2: ideas from all over including the kids including my wife um friends i got people texting me things like hey did you see this or did you know about this or you know we, we get a lot of emails the thing is once you start sort of putting information out there and people know you will write about things you start getting more oh, yeah, information yeah. so yeah i mean the kids um, i'm trying to think of the last story the kids came up with um drawing a blank at the moment but they you know they're very um they're very supportive of what we do. i mean they they give me advice on the social media stuff they send oh yeah media, social media posts like this and you know they're super they know like, you know the difference between a instagram reel and an instagram story and like, i don't really know the difference yeah you know stuff like that and it's <laughs> well it's like, okay it changes every five yeah. seconds so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so okay. but yes we we get information and ideas from all over the place including do, th- kids.
0: do any of them want to get into journalism I don't think so <laughs>
2: i haven't yeah, heard that um, they do I mean, they like you know um i mean they like social media uh i don't think they're gonna necessarily follow in the family business at this point but okay. who, who knows
1: you, that's all good do you have plans to expand your brand and reach we get asked that a lot i don't really have any plans to expand
2: outside of charlotte we're always looking at ways that we can maybe offer something new here mm-hmm. in charlotte we're really focused on on charlotte um you know i know you know the typical media brand a lot of times will sort of say okay we've got a good thing in this city let's clone it in that city and move it to that city we're not we're not looking okay. at that i'm i guess i wouldn't rule it out but we're we're looking we're really focused on charlotte and how we can serve charlotte better i still think there are a lot of opportunities in charlotte absolutely
1: um, do what? you encourage folks to reach out to you all uh, with stories or like you said you're you're getting them from kind of all over and you've got really good momentum uh, but would you encourage and and how would someone do that?
2: Yeah, we absolutely do. If people have ideas of things we should be writing about, we'll, we're always you know willing to listen. I will say our our list of good ideas is much longer than our ability to execute on all of those ideas. Yeah. But we're always willing to talk to folks, and um, you know we're accessible by email. I think it's on our on our website, or the reply to one of our newsletters it'll it'll go to me or go to someone on our team. And we can we'll take a look at it, and we we try to be responsive to people, even if it's we're not going to be able to get to that right now. But we'll see what we can do, sort of thing. Awesome!
0: You guys have uh, done a great job following the Charlotte Meck schools new school boundaries. Oh boy! I can only imagine the mom Facebook groups <laughs> lighting up about those. <laughs> that has to be a big winner for you guys. <laughs> That's been a big issue. That might yeah. be one of those. Big that might content, be one. Yeah, that um, might be one of those. Keep up with. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. And it's amazing how quickly those lines can shift from revision to revision. And where I live is right where the new high school is going in. So there's so much movement in that whole area from neighborhood to neighborhood. It is it is fascinating.
2: That's one of the stories we've tried to own that. We I mean, we don't we're not really built to cover you know, childhood education, but we sort of saw an opening there that there are a whole bunch of people interested. You have, you know, hundreds of Moms, and they're they're mostly moms. There are some dads, um, you know, showing up at these high schools at these meetings. Very passionate, very interested, and nobody was really covering it. And so we said, "All right, well, I think we should cover that because it's of interest to people." So we tried to do it really well. And Christina Bowling, um, who's our managing editor, did a fantastic job. I mean, she went to all these meetings, all these night meetings. She's got kids, you know, going to dance practice all over the place. Pushed that off onto her husband or on her carpool, went to all these meetings and was able to really deliver for our readers, I think, in a way that, um, you know, is unparalleled in Charlotte, which is mind boggling considering we have three full time employees. There are other media organizations that are much larger that really didn't pay that much attention, but it's an example of something that's complicated. Um, and I think an experienced reporter, an experienced journalist, is able to take something that's complicated, make it understandable, make it accessible to people, and we got a lot of great feedback, as as you mentioned, on on our schools coverage. Even though it's not really the bread and butter of what we do, it it that's something. It's another example, like the road by your house. It's like people absolutely care about that. They absolutely can express their opinions on that and potentially have an influence on that.
0: Yeah, it, you guys really do an amazing job, and and I love that you can be very flexible as far as. Maybe it's not in your niche or the core or part of the four you know main you know things that you guys cover, but that's something that is important. If you have parents going to a school board screaming and yelling, probably should write something's going it. on. Probably Some, should people want to
2: know, and and it's not just hey this is here they're not just telling you there are people screaming and yelling, but saying okay well let's let's peel the onion back a little bit. What's what's going on here, and then what's happening next? And it's not just here's what happened yesterday. It's here's what you can look forward to. Here's how you can here's what this means and trying to unpack it a little bit better.
0: What about competition in this type of space? Obviously, you're not the only online publication, but you're competing against you know, the Joe Brunos of the world, right? But even Joe Bruno, you have this on your website, he tweeted back in 2021, kudos to the Charlotte Ledger for nailing the new med school location like months ago. S- Do you see the support from other quote-unquote competitors? Or how have other you know, journalist organizations, maybe like the Charlotte Observer, supported you or not supported you as you've done this.
2: Yeah, great question. The community of journalists in Charlotte is a pretty collegial group. Um, Joe Bruno and I—I'm not trying to name drop here, but he and no, you know, I DM he, a bunch. I, a, I know Joe a, Bruno; he's a great everything. But you know, there's the way a that it, there's there's—it's almost like there's enough for everybody. While we do compete with you know uh, other people providing news, and while Joe Bruno breaks a lot of stories of like. I wish we had that, you know, there's enough to go around where mm-hmm. we can, you know, uh, own one particular thing. You know, he can own something. Axios can have something. Observer can have something else. There's enough There's enough out there that, you know, while we are competing, um, there we can find things that are unique and we can find things that deliver value. And I should mention, you know, it's not just. We're not going to go re-report something that Joe Bruno reports. If Joe Bruno reports something, I'm assuming it's correct, and we're going to link to that. We'll give him the link and say Joe Bruno reported this. You need to know about this. And so we we try to be collaborative like that. Um, you know, sort of mindful of you know the, the sorts of stories that we're interested in, the, the sorts of stories we're interested in, and the stories our readers want. But it's you know there's enough to go around, and we sort of take the approach of you know we're running our own race. We're not going to follow the pack. You know, we don't go to a lot of press conferences or I mean we feel like if there's a press like the talk you know for example the fire in South Park from a few weeks ago big fire killed a couple people construction site I mean if you look at the photos of that there were dozens of journalists at those press conferences we didn't go to those we said look I think they got that covered there are too few journalists in Charlotte for us to be doing what everybody else is doing we're looking for original information that's where we're going to devote our time
0: do you guys have like a link on your website if somebody has an Article or an idea or something where they can reach out to you and, and kind of share that information.
2: Yeah, I mean, our—I uh, believe our, it should be available on our website in the about section. I think there's a there's a either a link there or a, a you know email address where people can shoot an email to. Sure.
0: Awesome. Well, this is really cool, man. Um, I it's it's neat to see somebody that had kind of worked for a large organization and now you've kind of taken that leap. Obviously, for the last couple of years you've been. You know, working—I guess—not on your own. You have an amazing team, but developing something that that is new and different. And I think there's so much opportunity for you to continue to grow, continue to add writers, continue to add—you know—different areas. But just never lose that Charlotte touch, you know. And, and I think you have that. I think a lot of organizations—they might, well, hey, now we need to do Raleigh, we need to do Charleston. Like we just want you to be ours. So <laughs> Well, you can just, lose your focus a yeah, lot too. Right.
2: You know, we've well, seen it yeah. a lot where people expand and they take their eye off the ball, and then they lose—you
0: know—what they what but made core. them good, so it's, That's right. we're trying not to do that. No.
1: Slow, controlled growth.
0: Right? Yeah, you've done but an amazing job. So what is the easiest way for people to subscribe or to reach out to you guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a digital publication, we're online, thecharlotteledger.com. Um, find out information about us there. Uh, find out more about our background, links to some of our stories. And like I say, it's a you know email newsletter. We publish seven different um, emails a week on several different topics. You mentioned Charlotte FC, Um, but you know, we've got one, our main one is the Charlotte ledger business newsletter, but it covers a little more than business. We've got one on transit and transportation. We've got one on local obituaries, So we, we, uh, we do a bunch of different things. So uh, yeah, invite, invite you to check us out. Thanks.
0: Absolutely. Tony, congratulations, man. This is awesome. Um, I love it. Charlotte focused. That's what we're all about too. So sure. uh, this has been amazing, man. Well, everyone, like we always mentioned, like, share, comment, go check them out, follow them on all the social media channels, but definitely go to their website, subscribe to the newsletter. Even if you're like, I'm not going to spend nine ninety nine. well, they have a free newsletter. So try it out. It will make you want to subscribe, right? It's almost like... Uh I'm not going to use the drug analogy, but they're just giving you a little taste, okay? Then you're coming back for the we're whole We're not slush, trying to get right? you hooked. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be yeah.
2: just hooked to the free version, we're That's okay right. with that. That's right.
0: And even the free version is awesome, too. So it, it's a good way to limp in. And then I'm, I'm after a couple of months, you'll you'll subscribe. So uh, this has been awesome, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, can, continue the great work. Uh, great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Love thank it. You, Tony. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast.